Does your heart burn at the sound of his name? Does your heart quicken or calm knowing he's present? Hi, you guys. Welcome back to Pharaoh Quitu. It's Adriana and happy 2024. I know we're in month two, is it now? And I, I just honestly can't believe that it's been nearly three years. And it's been a journey in some ways. This episode is not to talk about that, but I just give him glory, honestly, for everything. Um, Today's episode is titled, Where's Your Fire? And I was sitting and talking with the Lord one morning. I was just reflecting back on my life and remembering colder months spiritually. You know, not the physically ones, but truly I can't imagine my life without God. Not the idea and the confidence that comes in knowing, okay, one day I'll be in heaven and there'll be no more sorrow, no more tears here. But I look forward to the day where sin is no longer rampant, that there's no unrighteousness, that I can worship in his presence without sin without something trying to bombard my thoughts and my mind. And I honestly can't imagine my life with his presence. There's no other way of saying that without him being near and the knowledge of just knowing him. And it's not just some surface knowledge like when I was 17 years old, but really knowing him. Have you ever had those friendships where you kind of knew each other? Like, Oh, you know, you see them at in regular events. You know, sometimes maybe if it's in, it's even a colleague and you don't know them very well, so you kind of at times make assumptions, if you will, just to fill in the gaps because you're like, well, I don't really know them like very well, but, you know, in short, you make those exceptions assumptions. Gosh, I can't talk. <laughs> but may we never do that with the Lord. Because assumptions can lean to dangerous places, I believe, sometimes. And what do you do when you don't know God? You know, that one guy at church who just seems to be so bold and on fire and they can just simply grab their Bible, go outside and preach the gospel. Or they'll be in a coffee shop and you're like, how does that come out so naturally? Like, what went on in their mind for them to talk about coffee beans and now they're talking about roasting and being on fire for the Lord. Like, how did that transition go so quickly and smoothly? And how, like, how do they just say it and talk about it? Like, are, why aren't they more nervous? And, you know, in short, what do you do when you want to know God, but you feel as though he doesn't show up for you like he does for others? I want to pull out some scripture and see what his word says. But I just want to say on the onset of this episode, please be patient and open-minded because I think it just might surprise you. Where's your fire? Chapter one. You don't need motivation to get going. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So what's a path for? Think about it. Like you go hiking and there's like a little trailway 
and there's a path, right? What is that for? Are you meant to sit on a path? Are you meant to camp on a path or build a shelter and just dwell there to stay on a path? Or could it be meant for traveling on, for walking? And one thing that I've been, you know, learning as an adult (laughs) is you don't always need motivation to move. So we need to get God's word and start moving. And how exactly do we move? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22 says, Flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the name of the Lord from a pure heart. Now, I don't want you to miss that second part because it's equally as important, but flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the name of the Lord from a pure heart. So real talk. You don't need to always message somebody. It can be you and God. Like, right now, if you were to just examine, what does your church attendance look like? Sometimes we're like, oh, I hope one day it's going to be that. So like, I guess it's this. But like, if you're being honest, what does it look like? So what's your attitude towards going to church? Is there any bitterness? Is there resentment? Is there hurt? Is there apathy? Is there nervousness? Do you go there to feast on God's word, spend time in his presence? Or is it like a chore like, gosh, here we go again. Or is it just even non-existent? You know, when we get into a car and we drive somewhere, Are you always motivated to keep going? I'll be honest, like sometimes I'll, you know, go visit a friend of mine in Portland and there's patches of roadway from when I start to when I get there that I I already know, like it's, it's going to take some time. There's just some spots where you're like, yep, we're slowing down here. And then other times when we're going and like I literally went with a friend of mine um, a couple of weeks ago, maybe about a month or so now. And I recall going there and coming back and being like, I'm sorry, what? Like there was virtually no traffic and it was shocking. And sometimes I think we treat our Christian walk with that. There's never going to be traffic. There's never going to be problems. It's just going to be smooth sailing. And if it's not, well, how dare it? You know, like, At this point, I might as well turn around and go home because there's just no point, right? But that's not realistic also. You know, you're getting to that car, you're going somewhere, traffic, detours, and sometimes crazy weather. And there are times where you got to stop. You really do. You got to stop and examine, okay, like this, this weather that I'm in, mind you, this is metaphorical, of course, this weather that I'm in Am I supposed to stop? What? Like maybe it's times in our life where God's like, I'm trying to get your attention. Like, hello, hello, you need to stop. Stop. And then there are other times 
when we ourselves get mad and annoyed and it's like, oh, this rain, I'm, I'm, I'm not dealing with this today. I don't have time for this. I, I'm done. I'm going home. And it's like, um, it's rain. You got to keep going. You have a car that will shelter you. You have windshield wipers that are working. You got to keep going. And again, sometimes there's those detours and sometimes it's because there's dangerous roads that are going around. So like in our life, sometimes in our walk with the Lord, again, it's not always going to be, you know, cut and dry rainbows and sunshines is what I've said. Sometimes there are those detours. And I remember listening to something and it was saying something to the effect that like Jesus allowed himself to be interrupted. So we need to let ourselves be interruptible. And this is an area that I would struggle with sometimes because, you know, I'm trying to get somewhere. I'm a planner. Sometimes I like to see, you know, foresee the next steps and be prepared and like, you know, be adaptable. And when something would come up, I'm like, um, hello, like I did not sign up for this. And I would stress out like Martha. And in reality, sometimes it's like God's divine appointments that I'm over here sitting like, Lord, use me today. Like, help me be in your will. Help me to be obedient. And God's like, oh, okay, here's an opportunity. And I'm like, what is going on? I did not sign up for this. And it's like, um, you ask for opportunities. You ask for obedience. And you ask to see me and I'm here. You know what I mean? So when you see this detour sometimes... It's because there's roads that are broken and it's for safety reasons or for, you know, to do that. Like I remember one time, just something so simple, not even like, I don't want to say spiritual, but I remember um, I was with someone and in short, I would normally get really peeved, like annoyed, like, oh my goodness, this happened. And in short, this thought came to mind, allow yourself to be interrupted. Like, allow yourself to be interruptible. And I was like, okay, God, I don't know why this is happening, but okay. I saw on the other side a blessing and I was like, oh, oh. (laughs) Like, I could sit here and try to drive through a detoured section. And in reality, that's not the appropriate route. You know, sometimes weather metaphorically speaking, it's not always sunny. And there are times where we really need to proceed with caution. I randomly saw this video and there was like a lot of fog on a road. And in short, like there was these, um, like, oh my goodness, you know how there's two highways and in the, in the middle, there's a section of just land where there's like grass and like a little dip. I honestly don't know what you call that because it's not the shoulder. It's like the in-between. And um, on the left side of the video, or excuse me, the right side of the video, you just see a bunch of fog and it's the road. And on the right side in that middle grass portion, there's people. um, And it looked like there had been an accident. Long story short, there was a semi that was coming in so fast and they, you know, we're driving in fog and, you know, the comment section, of course, was like, oh my goodness, you're not supposed to do that. And that is times in our life when things are foggy and things aren't clear. Do not be driving a hundred miles an hour in fog. 
Sometimes you got to slow down. Slow down the pace. You got to look for the signs. And again, we're talking about spiritually here. God, it's foggy. Sometimes you just got to say it for what it is. God, it's foggy. And I can't see the road signs. You know, I, I can faintly see it, but I don't see it. I, I need you to help. Because if you're driving at 100 miles an hour on a road and there's a sign, how can you see it and read it and know what it's trying to tell you? If you're just driving, like, whatever, I don't care, it's fine. No, 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 no. Those are times where you really got to slow down. As far as motivation goes, um, what happens if you don't water a plant? I know there's some plants that, depending on what environment they're currently in, how often do you water yourself? It's um, interesting because there's a passage in scripture in John 4 where Jesus meets a woman at a well. And she's not exactly squeaky clean, if you would look at it. Um, but that doesn't come as a surprise to Jesus, does it? You know, I know I was reading up on, or I heard about it. I think I heard about it in the past where, um, the time and day where the woman went to the well, it was the sun, like historically it was really hot. And so people would normally go early in the morning to the well or late at night, you know, because it's just really hot. And it's at the time of the day where she went. And I mean, I this isn't in scripture as far as I know. It's not. But can you imagine being the disciples and being like, hey, we just got to this town. Jesus, what are you going to do? He's like, I'm going to go to this well. They're like, he's going to go to a well? Like, I, I really, this again, this isn't in scripture, but like speculating. Can you imagine? They're like, what? So sometimes you have that one friend that's like, hey, I got to go do this. And you're like, why? Sometimes if it sounds like, not sounds, but it's something with sin, obviously there's a time, but there are other times where God will tell us to go do something. Um, When Jesus goes to the well, mind you, Jesus is God incarnate, perfectly uh, human without sin, God incarnate, he goes there and ask her, asks her for some water. And at the time, Samaritans and Jews weren't, weren't buddy, buddy. Um, if you're not familiar with this, Samaritans were partially Jew and other part, another race. And at the time, you know, in the Old Testament, it's talked about where God flat out told his people, the Jews, that, you know, they were his chosen people and they were not to marry outside of any other nation. They would not be blessed. So you have to keep that in mind. So socially, this woman was surprised that Jesus, who being a Jew, was talking to her. And so just jumping into this passage in John 4, starting in verse 9, it says, how is it, then this is being the woman, that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, she asked him, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God, and who was saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him, and he would give you living water. Sir, 
said the woman. You don't even have a bucket, and this well is deep. So where do you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, and so did his sons and livestock. Jesus said, Everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. Sir, the woman said to him, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and come here to draw water. I want to pause here for a second. Middle of the day, it's hot. Sir, the woman said to him, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and come here to draw water. Interesting. But we're going to go continue into scripture and it says, go call your husband, he told her, and come back here. I don't have a husband, she answered. You have said correctly, said, I don't have a husband, Jesus said. For you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. Sir, the woman replied, I see that you're a prophet. So first she says, give me this water so I don't get thirsty to have to come back here and get some water from here. Why do you think that was? She had five husbands. The one that she currently had was not her husband. Could it be that she was avoiding people? Now, I don't want to gloss over this too quickly, but she said, sir, I say that you're a prophet. Something stood out to her because she didn't say, oh, so you must have heard the town gossip, huh? She didn't say, oh, yeah, who who told you this time? Was it so-and-so? Like, did so-and-so tell you about, about that? She said, sir, I see that you are a prophet. And honestly, I, it, it, this part stuck out to me because I wonder what took place internally for her to say that. What do you think that was? So continuing on, she said, sir, the woman replied, I see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus told her, believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you will worship the father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know because salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So maybe you know Jesus. That moment of, sir, I, per- I perceive you're a prophet and you want to know, but Do you worship him in spirit and in truth? 
I'm not talking about voice lessons because, you know, those aren't bad. That's actually awesome that if, if you have them. But what is being poured out from your heart? Is it an aroma that is pleasing before the Father? I'm reminded right now of the countless times that people have come to the Lord in the New Testament time and time and time and time and time again. It wasn't arrogance that got the attention of Jesus. It wasn't having it all together that got Jesus. It was sincerity and faith and truth. You really don't need to have all of theology. And this isn't to say that sin is appropriate and you're supposed to be living in sin because it's far from that. Jesus did not come in this world to die on a cross for the sins of humanity. It took the death of Jesus to pay that price. He did not come into this world for you to continue sinning. I really want to encourage you that with that motivation, if you will, if you need to pull over and have a cry, I really urge you to do it. <laughs> um, this last year has been an interesting year for me, and... Um, I'll just say that crying is needed. It it really is. Um, getting that out and, and taking it to the Lord is a wonderful thing. There's a psalm that my friend Kami shared with me um, in March of 2020 when that was a really challenging time for my family. And I, and it was a psalm that was those who sow in tears shall reap shouts of joy. And there were times where it was very challenging. And I, even after it was like, okay, those who sow in tears shall reap shouts of joy. All of these times that I'm crying and I am just feeling gut-wrenched or depleted or just squeezed like a sponge. All of these times... There will be times where I'll reap shouts of joy. And if you need to pull over for a moment, do it. Like, I highly recommend it. If you need to find someone that you can confide in, I would definitely recommend that. Someone who um, is godly, someone who is trustworthy, that doesn't gossip. And then sometimes in our life when we can't see the signs and it's foggy, please slow down. Do not be that semi that is just going to come out guns a-blazing and then get in an accident. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I got in an accident. Well, yes, 
because you need to slow down. So slow down, put those hazard lights on, stay on the road, and don't stop until you finish that race. Do not stop in the sense of giving up, turning around and just saying, that's it, I'm just done, I'm not doing this anymore. I think sometimes we forget that we have God's spirit and and I'm going to cover that in a different one, but we have God's spirit living inside us, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, raised him from the dead. I know sometimes we hear this and we're like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. Jesus Christ died. Dead, like flatlined. That's it. It's it's done. Dead. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, lives in us. And please don't forget that, friend. 